Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and we'll, we'll just look at, look at this Christmas story together, a familiar passage from Luke chapter 2, the, the angels appearing to the shepherds, and as we do that, as we, uh, as we look at that, I want to um, ask you, have you ever experienced something that changed you? That, that made a profound difference in your life. You went through an experience or you uh, saw something or you went somewhere and, and you'll never be the, the same again. And maybe like it's, maybe it's life milestones, things that happen to you in your life, um, such as the day that you got married uh, or maybe the day that you had your first child and you became a daddy or a mommy for the first time. Or, and, and those are good experiences, and they could also be <coughs> negative experiences, too, that profoundly change you, right? I mean, sometimes the things we go through in life, they, they change us um, for good or for ill, Right? Um, I was thinking about one of those experiences that I had, and it was probably the, the, the day that I got on a plane in Seattle and flew to Atlanta, and from there got on a bus and drove about six hours or so, showed up to a little place called Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And that really changed my life, that experience what I what I went through, what I learned, it 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 transformed. It changed who I was. I was no longer Michael Johnson, who you know was kind of living my life and taking care of my babies and trying to be a husband and a father. But suddenly, I was a soldier in the army. I had a different world to live in. It changed everything. It changed everything for our family, too, because now we were an army family, right? Well, those experiences that, that we go through are, are the experiences of life. And they're seen in this story in Luke chapter 2 as well. If you imagine, if you could, if you could put your, yourself or put your feet into the sandals of the shepherds, and, and experience what they experienced, it would be life-altering, life-changing for you as well. But the good news for us is that as we read this story, which is God's word to us, it does change us, it does transform us, and not just us, but all who listen, right? So I want, to, I want us to look together at Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles or your devices, you can look with me at Luke chapter 2. Um, it will not be on your screen this morning. So, and that's okay. And you can also just listen. You're welcome to just listen, hear um, the word spoken. And, uh, but, but listen with me, follow with me as I read aloud from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word to us. And God, in this brief time that we have this morning to, to look at it, um, we only have time to see some of the major themes um, that you've laid on our hearts today. Um, help us to understand what we can, to know that your word is rich and deep. It's worthy of reading daily. It's worthy of meditating on, even committing to memory, Lord God. Uh, we, we cannot be too full of your word to us. But God, we need your grace to help us, to give us understanding. Help us to know what we are, what we are reading. Help us to know how we are to apply it, how we are to live our lives, Lord God. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we have been, for the last few Sundays, looking at passages in Isaiah. We looked at Isaiah chapter 60, we saw, or excuse me, Isaiah 40, and we saw in that passage how God um, was helping prepare the way by, for, for the Messiah by announcing comfort. And then we looked at Isaiah 60, and we saw that there was a great light, that, that the light had come, the light of the people was coming, and that was going to shine in the darkness. And, and so we prepared for the Messiah by anticipating this light and embracing it for ourselves, right? And then we looked at Isaiah chapter 9, that beautiful announcement for unto us, a, a, a son is born unto us, a, or the other way, a child is born unto us, a son is given, right? And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, right? Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We saw how there was great joy anticipated in the coming of the Messiah. We looked at all of those things, and today we look at the subject of peace. And this announcement of peace from the angels is really significant. I want to look at and really kind of focus and the focus the point of the message in verse 14 the announcement of the angels when they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased so for us as we think about that we hear that announcement the announcement is God has come right the baby has been born it's now it's not just something that the people in Isaiah's time were anticipating but it's now it's current and for us, it's now as well. This, this is kind of strange um, place that we're in because it's now, but it's history. But yet we're still anticipating Jesus doing things, God doing things in our world and in our lives that are yet to take place as well. So we're in this kind of weird now and not yet kind of experience. But we should still think about how we prepare. How did you prepare for this Sunday? This Sunday, this Christmas day, how did you prepare for it? The presents were wrapped, the cookies were baked, the, the, the Christmas movies were watched, or 
You know, depending on what your tradition is, right? Um, the the letters were were addressed and placed in, the, or the cards were placed in the mail. Or if you're like us, they're still sitting on our table. They haven't been put in the mail yet, but they will. But we prepare. We don't prepare just for Christmas, but we can prepare in our hearts every day for the coming of the Messiah. And here's how we do that based on this passage today. We prepare for the coming of the Messiah by receiving His offer of peace. By receiving His offer of peace through faith in Jesus Christ. Or, subtitle, subpoint, or alternate title, point, the heavenly glory of God becomes our peace in the ordinary. And that's really what I want us to think about. We've, as we're thinking about receiving the peace that he offers us through faith, putting our faith in Jesus, I want us to think about two things. I want us to think about the heavenly glory of God that, too, became our peace in the ordinary things of life. Look at the story with me. Look at the, the, the revelation of the heavenly glory. In verse 14, he said, the angel said, the, the army of angels said, glory to God in the highest. They're announcing glory. The, the, uh, the, the translators, some translators would add a verb in there, glory be to God in the highest. It's a statement of fact. It's, it's a statement that God is glorious in the highest. And the word highest refers to heavenly things, divine things. When we think of God, that's often how we think of Him, right? We think of God as in heaven or above us. He created everything. He's out there. He's big. He's invisible. But we know He is Awesome, right? And that's how God's Word reveals Him to us. And the angels were not singing a new song. They were singing an old song, an eternal song. A song that's been sung since they were created to glorify God. They were saying, God is glorious. God is in the highest. And look at the story and see how that unfolds. The shepherds in the fields keeping watch over their flocks. And look at verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared, literally stood next to them, showed up and just was standing right next to them. And not only that, it wasn't just some guy in the dark, like a mysterious um, uh, uh, special ops operator just sneaking up on them, but the glory of the Lord shone around them. So the angel appeared with the glory of the Lord uh, shining in the darkness in their experience. And of course it says they were filled with great fear. The angel appears. The glory of the Lord appears. And then look what the angel said. He said, he said fear not. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And then look at verse 11. He says, for unto you is born this day. Does that sound familiar? Right? Uh, changed it a little bit. Instead of Isaiah's words in chapter 9 of Isaiah verse 6 where he says, for unto us is born. Um, he says, for unto you is born. Now it's happening and you are part of it, shepherds. And the angel is saying, 
Uh, this is a, a messianic occurrence. This is something you've been anticipating. That word Messiah, don't get thrown off by Messiah. The word Messiah is an Old Testament word for the anointed one. It was the title that anticipated the coming of the Lord to the people. And so this it was a prophecy uh, in Isaiah chapter 9. And then look what he says. He says, um, unto you is born this day in the city of David. The city of David was already mentioned in the previous <coughs> paragraph when Luke was telling us about Joseph and Mary moving to a little town called Bethlehem because of the census that was, that was decreed. And the Bethlehem was the city of David. It was David's hometown. It was the place where he was from. He grew up there. He was their great king. And when he says that the child is born in the city of David, it got them thinking about the glory of God and all of the promises of the Messiah, that he was going to be of David's line. And then he says it's a savior. Now we talk about as Christians, we often talk about as, we say things like Jesus saves, right? Or Jesus is our savior. But when the shepherds heard this message, they were not thinking about a baby. When they heard about a savior, they were thinking about God himself. Because the Old Testament is full of God saving his people. And saying, I'm going to save you, I will save you, I have saved you, I'm saving you right now. In fact, back in the previous chapter, <coughs> um, Mary herself says, my soul magnifies the Lord. This is chapter 1, verse 46, and then here is verse 47. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So when, they, when the angel, angels announced, a Savior is born to you, they were thinking, what? How can this be? God? They're thinking of the glory of God. Who is, and this really nailed it and pressed the point, who is Christ? Christ, that is the, that is the New Testament word for Messiah, the Anointed One. This was the one that was promised to them. Who is Christ, and not just Christ, but more specifically, the Lord. The Lord Himself. And that word in the New Testament is often, it often stands in for God's personal name from the Old Testament, Yahweh. So when, when the angels announce this, they're announcing heavenly things. They're announcing the glory of God. The, in, in the appearance of the angels... In the, in the actual announcement of the birth of Jesus in the city of David, who is a Savior, who is Christ, who is none other than the Lord Himself. And how did the angels, or excuse me, how did the shepherds, excuse me, respond to this appearance? What did it say? They were filled with great fear. Ready? Fabas megas. Great fear. They were filled with great fear because they were seeing the glory of the Lord reflected in the angel and in his message. And their response was, oh me, oh my. Glory to God in the highest indeed. I love what, um, what Calvin, John Calvin wrote about this. I wanted to share just a little 
excerpt of one of the things he said. He talked about the angel appearing, not in an ordinary form, but with the majesty and the glory of God himself. And, and he says that, hence, the fear, the fear that the angels experienced, of which Luke shortly afterwards speaks, by which God usually humbles the hearts of men as he says I have explained before, and disposes them to receive his word with reverence. Have we come to Christmas with great fear? <coughs> Humble, reverent, ready to receive the Christ. Ready to receive what God is offering to us. Calvin says again later, and here's the flip side of it. There's, there's reverence and awe and, and a humility about our fear, but there's a flip side to it. There's an apprehension. Because when we experience the glory of God, glory to God in the highest, there is a fearful apprehension. <laughs> Calvin also says this, we know that we are born, check it out, you don't usually hear this on Christmas Day, we are born children of wrath and are by nature enemies to God and must be distressed by fearful apprehensions so long as we feel that God is angry with us. What do you think the shepherds thought? An angel was appearing to them. They had no idea what the message was. They, all they knew was that the glory of the Lord shone around them and terrified them. It destroyed them. Because I'm sure they were starting to think, oh no, is this it? I was just, we were just talking, we were just telling dirty jokes out here in the field. I don't know, maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe uh, these shepherds, they didn't have a great, they didn't have a great uh, reputation in that culture. They, they didn't get to go to the temple very often. They didn't get to practice or participate in synagogue worship every week. They were outsiders, outcasts, kind of doing their thing, making their way in the world, working hard. Maybe they were thinking about all of the things that they've done in the past, all of the sins they've committed, all of the guilt and the shame that they were carrying with them. And when they were encountered the glory of God, it devastated them. And they were afraid, is God here to judge me? Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul drives home the point. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children, this is where, this is where Calvin got it, by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. That is who we are when we come into the presence of God. We behold glory to God in the highest, and it devastates us because we know we have sinned. <coughs> we know we have guilt. We know we have shame. We know that we have been sinned against as well. And we wonder, what is going to come of us if we behold God's glory? If we are in His presence, why would it fear? You know, I've used this illustration before. 
when my when Strider, little one and a half year old dog, is in trouble, um, what does he do? He tucks his tail, puts his head down, he lies on the ground, he gets as low as he possibly can, right? And he looks so sad because he knows he's disobeyed. He knows he's done something wrong. We, like Strider, we hide from whatever reveals our weaknesses, whatever reveals our failures, whatever reveals our hurts. And so, we don't want to go to God. We don't want to be in His presence when we feel that guilt and that shame. We don't want to be with God's people when we feel that guilt and shame. Because all of those things remind us of how far we are from Him. But, the good news is that that is Jesus did not come, the angels did not come to reveal this glory to, to make mankind afraid. That's not why Jesus came. In fact, he came to remove those particular obstacles that keep us from him. Remember, every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill made low, right? The rough places plain. Prepare a highway for our God, Jesus came to remove those obstacles. And so that the angels said this, fear not. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Not for you great fear, but great joy that will be for all the people. And how did that manifest itself? Remember I told you? The heavenly glory becomes for us uh, peace in the ordinary. <coughs> well, look what he said next. Look at, the, look at the next line of the angel's song. He, they said, And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, that's a lot of words that we, we grew up, some of us grew up hearing good will to men, right? Well, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And I, I have a whole another sermon just on that last phrase. So if you want to hear it, stick around after 11. I'll preach that whole thing. But what I, want, <laughs> what I want to emphasize right now, for the sake of time and the sake of, of, of what we need to learn today, is see that the glory of God, which is in the highest, is contra contrasted with the peace... That's on earth. Peace, I would like to, I, I, would, I refer to as peace in the ordinary. Look, look again at the story. Look down with me. In the same region, on earth, there are shepherds. There are shepherds out in the field. There's nothing more ordinary, there was nothing more ordinary in that time and place than shepherds. I already mentioned, they were kind of the outcasts of society, they sort of lived their own lives, they had their own circles, um, they were kind of a subculture in, uh, of themselves, they weren't in polite society, they didn't go to, they didn't practice uh, religion very uh, much at all, so they weren't part of whatever was going on with God's people, and look at what they're doing, they're out in the field, they're hanging out with the sheep, 
They're watching their flocks. Literally, they're watching their watching watch over their flocks. They're, they're guarding their sheep. They're doing work. Nothing's more ordinary than us just going to work day after day after day, right? And we think, when is this ever going to end? Isn't there something more to my life? Oh, why do I have to keep going through the day in and the day out? That's exactly what the shepherds were doing. That's exactly what they were going through. And then they get this massive announcement, and all of a sudden, heaven comes down to earth, and they see and they hear this message. And then, strange enough, verse 11, it says, this, this, this baby's born a savior in the city of David, Christ the Lord. And then, and then in verse 12, he says, the angel says, here's a sign to you. You're going to find a baby, an ordinary baby. They're born all the time, every day. A baby is born somewhere. Many babies are born every day. Nothing more ordinary than a baby. Right? Thank you. Wrapped in swaddling cloths, okay? Not, not finely adorned, but whatever cloths they could get. Wrapped snug, that baby's all snuggled up. Probably didn't have a, a cute little um, onesie. Um, probably didn't have a... A, a little blue blanket with a monkey on it or something like that. I said blue. I contextualize it for, for the boy, but forgive me if you, you know. Anyway, all right, going on. And lying in, of all places, a manger, a feeding trough. This is ordinary stuff. This is not a, this is not a baby in a ornate crib. <coughs> This is not a baby in a, a, a beautiful palace or a mansion. This is an ordinary baby wrapped in ordinary cloths, lying in subordinary conditions. There's nothing more ordinary than what is described about the shepherds and about the baby himself. And that is where God wants to bring his peace. The peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. When we think of peace, we often think of um, make, make love, not war, man. You know, like, we, we should be loving each other, right? Peace on earth. That's what we want. And so we have songs like, Merry Christmas, War is Over. Uh, we want that. I mean, and it's a longing for our hearts. We, we, want the, we want the war to end, right? And, and in a sense, that's encapsulated in the peace that God offers and that the angels announce and the peace that God gives us in the ordinary course of life. But it's not all there is. It refers mainly to salvation that is brought by the Messiah, <clears throat> salvation and that's where that's where actually um, Calvin's words can help us here too um, once again he says we must now see what the angels mean by the word peace they certainly he says do not speak of an outward peace 
cultivated by men with each other. But they say, the angels say this, that the earth is at peace when men have been reconciled to God and enjoy an inward tranquility in their own minds. And then he says this, we obtain peace with God when he begins to be gracious to us by taking away our guilt and not imputing to us our trespasses. And when we, relying on His fatherly love, address Him with full (coughs) confidence and boldly praise Him for the salvation which He has promised to us. That's the kind of peace that is being offered on earth from heaven to us. And so, that is why... That is why Paul, once again, in his letter to the Ephesians, could say this, that even though we were by nature children of wrath, we were not at peace with God. But, he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, with him, or excuse me, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The message of Christmas is all about salvation through this, this, this baby, this Savior, The Messiah, Christ, the Lord, born in the city of David, named Jesus, God saves, or Yahweh saves, named Emmanuel, God is with us. And so, we have the opportunity to receive this peace, and we have the opportunity to experience uh, what Paul said was the, the, the peace himself. He said, but now in, chap- in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. The, is the message of Christmas peace Uh, among men? Absolutely. But I don't know about you, but I've not seen a treaty or an agreement or something signed between (coughs) nations or men that has brought about lasting peace. Ever. But the peace that God gives us is peace with himself that then results in peace on earth in the ordinary. So what should we do Number one, cultivate our fear of God, absolutely. Recognize that the glory of God shines bright. But also, also, in the every day of life, every day, all of our experiences, the ordinary uh, getting up and going to work at 5.30 in the morning, or getting up and going to school, or getting up and doing this and that, and going through the course of our life, the good and the bad, these are opportunities for us to experience God through faith in Jesus. See, glory to God in the, on, in the highest and on earth peace, it means that God himself came to us. The extraordinary became 
ordinary. So that in our ordinary, we can experience His extraordinary. How, how would it be if we took the message like the shepherds took it? You know, the shepherd's story goes on in the next passage. They go, they see the baby, and then they come away praising God and then just marveling at it, and they tell people what they had seen and they had heard, and that's the end of the story of the shepherds. You know why? Because they went back to work. They went back to watching their sheep. Sheep. Their sheep. They went back to the ordinary of their life, but forever changed. They had experienced something profound that would change them for eternity. And they went right back to the ordinary and experienced the extraordinary, that, the, the transformation that had taken place on the inside. So I, I, I don't know what this Christmas is like for you, but the day after Christmas and the day after that, and, and we get the letdown, right? If we get a hardcore letdown, we are not experiencing what Christmas is really all about. And that's something that changes us on the inside. It, it's, a, it's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That's what Jesus offers us. That's what he gives for us. It changes the way we live. It changes the way we worship. It changes the way that we witness about him as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this word to us today. Thank you for coming down to us from heaven, being our peace. God, I pray you'll not let us uh, go from here, go from this Christmas day and this holiday um, going, is that all there is? Because, God, we know in Christ we have what is eternal. We have what is heavenly with us through faith in Jesus every day. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.